bring over 50 historically black colleges and universities right to your computer screen. The Virtual College Fair will be October 14th through the 17th. I'm talking about colleges like Clark Atlanta, Delaware State, Grambling State, Langston, Morgan State, Spelman, South Carolina State, Tuskegee, Virginia State, and many more. Yes, over 50 HBCUs. Colleges will be offering on-the-spot admissions, and some will be offering scholarships based on your transcripts and test scores. Many will be waiving the application fee, so be ready when you get on your computer. To register, visit www.youcangotocollege.org. UCAN has been helping students get into black colleges for over 30 years. They know how to get results. This event is free and open to all students and families. For more information, call 916-896-3000. That's 916-896-3000. Or check them out online at youcangotocollege.org. Remember, you can go to college. Dad, I tested positive for COVID-19. What if I get you sick? Don't worry about me. But, Dad, with your health issues, you're at even greater risk. We'll be fine. I'm not taking any chances. We both need to wear masks. I'm going to keep my distance, wash my hands, and clean the bathroom and kitchen when I use them. Okay, you're right. We need to wipe down the things we touch, and no more sharing hand towels. Thank you for always taking care of me. Learn how you can prevent the spread at home at covid19.ca.gov. Brought to you by Sierra Health Foundation. You're easier and cheaper. It's hard not to keep you. Your menthol cigarettes, but your history goes deeper. Into black communities where big tobacco wants you to be. Been there for 50 years, but getting there wasn't free. You spent millions on billboards, commercials, and ads. Tobacco killing more of us than drugs, alcohol, AIDS, or murders together have. And to think we let you do this in our face is absurd. So let us go to wearenotprofit.org to Dad, be heard. Dad, I tested positive for COVID-19. What if I get you sick? Don't worry about me. But Dad, with your health issues, you're at even greater risk. We'll be fine. I'm not taking any chances. We both need to wear masks. I'm going to keep my distance, wash my hands, and clean the bathroom and kitchen when I use them. Okay, you're right. We need to wipe down the things we touch and no more sharing hand towels. Thank you for always taking care of me. Learn how you can prevent the spread at home at covid19.ca.gov. Brought to you by Sierra Health Foundation. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Memento, buying the block back. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Memento. Hey Sacramento, how is everyone? You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we are Selling Sacramento. If you are tuned in on Facebook, we are on Selling Sacramento on the radio live right now. And my in-studio guest with me today, Mr. Michael Blair. What's up, Sacramento? What's up? Hey. Hey. So you guys, today we are going to be talking about Aggie Square and how will it benefit communities of color? And if you don't know what Aggie Square is, don't worry, because Michael's gonna give us the rundown. But it's a project that's been talked about for quite a while, and it is almost on the scene. So before it gets here, I want you to get some inside information on some of the details 
pros and cons. And Michael has a very unique position in all of this. And so I want to, I'm, you see, I'm jumping right into it <laughs> because I don't want to waste any time and I want to use all of this time so that we can talk about this project. So let me first tell you all a little bit about Michael. Michael Blair, he serves as Chief Innovator at Neighborhood Innovation Project, and it's a neighborhood economic development company that focuses on wealth building, education, and other benefit advancement initiatives for underserved communities. And I think I said that wrong, so I'm going to say it again, wealth building education. There you go. There it is. (laughs) And other benefit advancement initiatives for underserved communities. As a leader, Michael is often requested to contribute to various city, county, and state level think tanks and commissions to create solutions for community-wide public challenges. Michael holds a double double bachelor's degree, ladies and gentlemen, in business management right. from CSUS. Sac State. Go Stinkers. No, Stingers up. Stingers up. Stingers up. Stingers up. <laughs> he do. also has an extensive background in marketing and brand building and human resources for numerous Fortune 500 organizations. Michael currently serves on the Aggie Square Partnership Advisory Board, yep. as well as other various citywide boards. Yeah. Welcome. That's me. Thank you. That's Appreciate why it. we have him here today. Thanks. Do you want to add anything advice. to that? That's, nah, that's that's good enough. You know that's, what? Yeah. That's quite a bit. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed. I just I do a lot of stuff in the community, and I don't really have a title title, you mm-hmm. know, because I just jump into all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I just try to say, hey, I'm just community guy. Yeah. That's what I do. You know. You're just a, you're a servant leader. Yeah. Where I see where I see I can make some added value, I mm-hmm. jump in. And that's it. So. That's good. I, th- I wish that a lot more people would take that kind of initiative versus looking for the title. Yeah. Just yeah. getting in there and doing the work. So yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. I, a lot of times, you know, you're needed on the front line or sometimes you're needed in the back room where you're mm-hmm. creating policy. Right. So, where you're you know, not visible. I just visible. blend in exactly where I fit in. Right. Exactly. I, we all appreciate that. And we've seen the impact of your efforts. And cool. we're going to talk a little bit more later about some other stuff that you do. Good. But we want to get right away we want to start off with the Aggie Square Project. All right. So the first part of the show, before we take our first break, tell us what the Aggie Square Project is. Okay. So it's different things to different people, but just, you know, my spin on it, it's basically you're trying to get the University of California, Davis. Um, So let me, let me go, go back a little bit. So Chancellor Gary May, he's over the whole UC Davis system. So that's the education system and the uh, medical side mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a huge organization right right but uh he's at the helm and uh he needs a brother too and um and he's I not like just <laughs> he's not just brother in color but yeah. he's actually a brother you know yeah. he actually is for us he, his car um, is not revoked there you go there you go he's official <laughs> he's official so um you know he's he's he came in uh from atlanta mm-hmm. and he out there built tech square mm-hmm. so it's basically the same concept just brought here to sacramento right and the concept really is UC Davis, you know, what they do, they're big on education and medical. So they want to, you know, bring that together a little more. Mm -hmm. Also bring industry in and community in. So Mm -hmm. those three components all coming together to merge, to create synergy, to just do good things for the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this project is really supposed to be something that benefits the entire city. But it really, you know, the heart of it sits in Oak Park. Right. So, of course, that's the area that's going to be affected the most. And um, but it's going to be a benefit to the entire city if it comes to fruition the way they're planning it. 
Okay, and so you said it is a component of business, education, and the community. Yeah. One of the um, big pieces of it is the trend setting, the technological piece where it's a think tank type of project. Tell us a little bit more about that. So the concept is you get uh, folks from just you know various those various different areas, right? Mm-hmm. They all come together. So it's really it's really building an environment where they can really come and merge. So you can have a location that's set up for different people to be there, but unless you're intentional, mm-hmm. saying, hey, you all, this is ways we can work together, let's purposely find ways that we can actually you know, come together and, and, and work together. So part of it would be, for instance, a workforce development center. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the community doesn't have. And I know the city of Sacramento actually is just launching a workforce development, so right. they've never had one before, Right. department specifically for that. So a large part of it will be a lot of the work that's coming through Aggie Square. So once that's established, there'll be a way to bring the community together, uh, upskill them, right? Get them ready for the jobs and then put them to work. They say there's probably going to be the number changes sometimes, but it's going to be anywhere from like thirty five hundred to maybe five thousand jobs, something something in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. And about 40 percent of those jobs will be uh, positions where you don't need college degrees. Wow. And they're actually looking at some more of their current jobs that do require college degrees to say, hey, do we really need this? And they're trying to pull back on those just to make even more jobs available to folks without those degrees. Wow. So is this happening? Did they did they see a need? Was there an assessment done? What is it? What are they trying to fill? What void, if any, are they trying to fill by this project? I really think the concept is to find a way to benefit the community. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, UC has been in the Oak Park area for many years, mm-hmm. but it's always been in the community, but not of the community. Right. They have not embraced the community, have not really made inroads. They're just not connected. Right. Mm-hmm. So with this project coming about, and I think really with Chancellor May's, you know, direction saying, hey, we need to incorporate all parts of the community and bring them in. So uh, that's really the the push. So all the meetings I go to, there's a lot of talk about community. Mm-hmm. And with the project that you said this project actually mimics one that's already right. in Atlanta. Yeah. How is that project going? Do you know? Do you have any? You know, I've heard good things, but I've never gone down there to, to actually visit mm-hmm. and, uh, and see what's going on. But I've always heard positive things. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, always, it's always tricky because you're, you're moving in a project. And we can, you know, we can get into the whole gentrification piece because, mm-hmm. you know, that's always an issue, mm-hmm. especially in Oak Park. It's right. been that way for a while. Right. But anything you bring in brand new. Uh, then what happens is the area gets a lot of attention and the property values go up mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the the, the, the landlords say, or the property owners say, hey, I could charge more for this because now the market is calling for it. Right. So then they raise the rates on rents and then folks who, you know, have been there for years get with displaced. their families, you know, legacy families, been there yeah. 30, 40, 50 years, they can't afford to live there anymore. Right. Or even their kids go off to college to better themselves. They come back home. They can't afford to buy there anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's a situation where in the perfect world, you know, UC's coming through and they're going to they're going to bring that impact that's going to cause gentrification. Mm-hmm. So if so they were to control it. So if they would, you know, a, a lot of groups are asking them to, you know, take responsibility to say, OK, what are you going to do for these folks that are displaced? Don't get into okay. that yet. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because okay, we, we are, you know, 
Yeah. You're on Selling Sacramento. <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm going right. to pull that all apart. We're going to talk about that. All good. So we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, you all, Michael, just opened the can that we are going to talk about. And that's the actual impact that this on its face, on its surface, looks like an awesome project. Who wouldn't want to have something, this trend setting, hmm. right in your own backyard, right? But for every action, there is always a reaction. Right. And so we need to take a look at that. And then there will also be unintended consequences as well. Yeah. And so we're going to try to uh, talk about some of that, peel those layers back when we get back from the break. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we'll be right back. How-tos of turning your passion into profit. Empowering. Empowering. Educating. And encouraging sisters everywhere. This is Today's Black Woman with Jennifer Kent. Kimberly Seals Allers is author of the book, The Mocha Manual, Turning Your Passion into Profit. One of the things I first tell people they have to do is they really have to get to know themselves. And it may sound a little hokey, but when you're running a business, your first and most important asset is you. Everything starts in with you. So it really, the process really begins with an amazing self-awareness, particularly of your strengths and weaknesses. And this is really important when you're building a business because a lot of times people can pick a business that's not um, perfectly matched with their strengths. And so by really being aware of your strengths and weaknesses, you can make sure, you can actually optimize your chances for business success. This is Today's Black Woman. I'm Jennifer Kidd. Selling sack, selling, selling sack, selling sack, selling, selling sack, selling, selling sack, selling, selling sack, selling sack, buying the block back. 
Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key. We are selling Sacramento with Michael Blair. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we back. We are talking about the Aggie Square project. And before we went to the break, Mike started getting into some parts of it that I had some not necessarily concerns, just wanted to know in general, yep. you know, how is this actually going to impact? the community. Mm -hmm. And before we went on break, you started talking about housing and how when you put such a huge project like this in a neighborhood or a community, it starts pulling in other big business and it starts increasing the cost of living, thus making other property owners, i.e. landlords, decide, oh, well, let me go ahead and raise this rent. And then other people end up getting displaced. And there we have gentrification. That's right. You want to talk a little bit about that and then go into, actually, I'll let you talk about that before I ask the next okay. question with that. So, yeah, gentrification, uh, you know, it's it's the, the city of Sacramento, as you know, uh, Keisha, the, uh, you know, housing prices were, were like skyrocketing at one time with, I think it was Vegas and SAC. They were like top of the list, just, you know, climbing. And so we were seeing some gentrification back then. Then uh, things slowed down. But now, you know, the conversation is back on the table because specifically in Oak Park, you know, it's been an underserved area for so many years. Even when the Triangle District came, right, where Fixins and U.S. Bank and all that is, right. Old Soul. The 40 uh, when that's, acres. Yeah, 40 acres mm-hmm. complex. Mm-hmm. When that started getting developed, then it was causing gentrification then. Right. And so it's like the community had to make up their mind. Do you want new stuff? or not Mm. and so if you want new stuff then okay let's work together and figure out how we can you know keep people in place right but part of it is the responsibility on both sides it's the entity coming in that's causing it Mm -hmm. and then it's the individual themselves so you know there's certain people who let's say are renting for for life and just never take the time to save up the money and buy Mm -hmm. so we have to take our own responsibility right Right. And, and if we don't put ourselves in position get our credit right all that um, then we we can't afford to buy, and if we if we do buy, then no one can ever tell us to leave, right? That's you bring up a, a great point, the personal piece. Yeah. So it's almost like you're living somewhere and you're paying six hundred dollars a month in rent, and you've done it for twenty years. Yeah. And I've seen this. That's a good by rate, six hundred. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really I've good seen rate. it, and then all of a sudden the climate around you changes, the yep. economic. But you've not been doing anything personally to self-improve mm. to um in, increase your education increase yep. your job status to get ready for what's coming ultimately making assumptions that it's never going to change right. and it will be the way it is and right. then when it does change and it has an impact on you then it's somebody is it fair to say that it's someone else's fault and then they say oh the landlords are greedy they're just trying to make money but you know unless you know the business piece of it you know if you only have one rental maybe two rentals it, 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 you know, you're not making much profit every month. Mm-hmm. And when the roof has to get fixed, that has to come out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, so when the rent goes up, it's because of things that we have to keep this house intact. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, hey, we won't raise your rent, but we're not going to do any improvements. And then when the when the roof starts leaking and all that, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. So I just think folks need to get reasonable on both sides. Um, I'm not saying, uh, you know, either one is the culprit, but everybody has responsibility. Speaking of sides. Uh uh-huh. How many different committees on this project are you on? Oh, goodness. Um, so it, it's interesting because I kind of position myself in a weird way. It doesn't make sense to some, but it made sense to me. I'm kind of on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the um, 
Aggie Square asked me to be on their Partnership Advisory Council. So on there is like the mayor, uh, Chancellor May, um, Supervisor Phil Cerna, Councilmember Jay Chenier, uh, Councilmember Eric Guerra, so on and so forth. So all these politicians, right? And then uh, some community leaders too. So I was chosen to be one of those. So I sit on that board. But then also there's this other group, um, Sacramento Investment Without Displacement. So this group is a collection of uh, a lot of organizations that have come together to say, hey, um, we're okay with this project so long as it doesn't negatively affect the community. So let's work on what's called a CBA, Community Benefits Agreement. So that's basically a contract saying, okay, uh, you see Aggie Square, you're coming in. Um, we want to make sure that you keep these promises to the community so that it helps benefit the community. So now that's kind of a, a, a struggle that's going on right now. You know, what should be in it? Who's going to do it? When's it going to happen? So I'm, I sit on both both sides because I think that there's a win-win there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it has to be uh, either or. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, doing everything I can to help, uh, you know, foster that to make sure it comes together and we're all talking. That's a, a great position to be in because you are you are involved in both conversations. You're almost a mediator, an, an unofficial and, and, yeah, mediator. And, and sorts. Bringing back, yeah. And sorts. Yeah. Yeah, and um, also I'm on a couple neighborhood associations that are in Oak Park as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that is, is yet another part of the conversation with the community. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the, the UC side, the investment without displacement side, and then the community side. So I, I, I kind of get to see it from all angles. So talk a little bit about the investment without displacement side. What is it specifically that they want to see happen? What's on the table? And I should have brought my list, but uh, I'll tell you some of the main things that I can remember off mm-hmm. the top of my head is one is like transportation. So they want to make sure, because Stockton Boulevard is already jam-packed. And with all these new jobs coming, there's just going to be more traffic. So they want to make sure that traffic is mitigated to where folks can park. And, uh, you know, there's there's uh, appropriate parking built on the uh, on the site itself to take care of all these new jobs and new people that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it's um, jobs. And that's that one's very important to me. So the talk has been since the beginning that, jobs will be um, given or some kind of pipeline built for the community so that the folks who get these jobs will work close by. And it's it's beneficial for UC and for uh, the individual in the community because if you work close to home, you don't have to worry about transportation. You don't have to worry about if my car breaks down or whatever. You can walk, jump on your bike, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. And folks that live close to home typically you know, uh, end up in a better situation, they could go home for lunch, they have more flexibility, that kind of thing. So it works out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and then the main one that Sacramento Investment Without Displacement is pushing is the housing piece. That one's controversial because the problem is you see on the Aggie Square campus is looking to build housing for students and staff, which makes sense because that's what they do, right? They're taking care of what's theirs. Right. Um, but the... Uh, I want to say the acronym because I'm saying the whole name every time. But uh, how is the acronym? Sacramento Investment Without Displacement. However you'd say that acronym, right? Um, anyway, this group is saying, hey, uh, like I was saying before, the impact that you're bringing is going to cause gentrification, uh, displacement. So you need to do something for folks outside of your walls as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, UC is saying that's the city's responsibility to build housing, mm-hmm. not our responsibility. Tell us so that people have a clear understanding of what you just said. The Project Aggie Square 
is being built on whose property? Oh, okay. That is state property. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not city property. Mm -hmm. And if it was city property, the city would have a little more say so, right? But now it's actually state property. So there are a lot of, you know, policies, laws uh, that they don't have to follow uh, within the city limits. Mm -hmm. So they don't. So on the outside looking in, if you don't know this, you're thinking this company has come in and they're right. building all this stuff and they're doing this right here in this neighborhood right. and they're not pouring back into the community. Right. When in reality, it's almost like a private project and they don't have to report to anybody Absolutely. in particular. And it's interesting because when it first launched, maybe like I think two years ago, I'm kind of bad on the dates, but it was a partnership between the city and UC Davis. Mm -hmm. And so as it's moved forward, it hasn't really felt like much of a partnership. Mm. Right. I mean, the, the, they explain that a little bit. The, the, the meetings have happened. Folks have been at the table, but UC is pretty much doing what UC wants to do. Mm -hmm. It's just moving forward mm -hmm. uh, to the point where now the two council members that border that area, uh, council member Chenier and council member Guerra, uh, they both kind of publicly said, hey, there needs to be a CBA. Well, that's something that should have happened a long time right, ago, not right? At this point, but UC's hasn't hasn't made that happen. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, in UC's defense, they're they're moving a huge ship because just their their what they have now between education and and medical, just to run that ship alone is big. Then you bring in a whole Aggie Square component, that's huge too. So mm -hmm. I I kind of understand, but at the same time. They should have moved uh, forward and made more progress in that CBA area mm -hmm. by now, definitely. And so with the housing piece, and I kind of stopped you before you got there, yeah. the uh, investment committee, or not investment, the... the Sacramento Investment Without Displacement? Soup? CWID? CWID? Let's say CWID. <laughs> yeah, Let's do that. Okay. CWID is looking for housing, but you were saying that UC Davis is saying it's not our responsibility, it's the city's. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of like somewhat open to it, like helping out a little bit. But I think the expectation is, hey, you're causing this this displacement. So you do something about it. And they're mm -hmm. saying we can maybe do a little bit, but not much. But we have our vision on this project. We need to put all of our resources into this to make it into what it's gonna to be to really benefit the community. Mm -hmm. Housing, let the city worry about that. And then the city's saying, hey, we ain't got the money to do that much housing. So, you mm. know, they're they're kind of stretched, you know, the budget mm -hmm. is stretched anyway. So they don't they don't really have plans to build enough massive housing to be able to accommodate everybody who might be displaced. Mm -hmm. And and you know, what'll happen too is um, property values will go up as I said, but there'll be just more demand. So even the folks that currently work at UC making good wages, they're going to want to move to the area. Mm -hmm. So that's not only the folks that are currently in the area having to figure out what they're going to do, but it's new people coming in. Right. So it's going to be a big, um, a, so a big Sacramento, transition. the city of Sacramento will have some, there will be some ramification from this project that the city will have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think right now the attention's being pointed to UC, mm -hmm. but I think when folks realize who is really responsible for it, then the attention will start to go back to the city. Mm. Yeah. You'd think that they'd prepare in advance, yeah, knowing yeah. that it's gonna fall back on their lap. Yeah. We're gonna answer a few questions that we have online. Let's see. So, Ryan Lundquist, hey, Ryan. I'm curious how the community is going to be involved exactly. Are we talking jobs and services? Yes. So uh, the plan and I say the plan because this is just me talking of, of what I know and what's been discussed at the table, but it can always turn and I'm not making the decisions. Right. So I'll say the plan has been 
that jobs will be uh, kind of a priority for folks within that neighborhood or those surrounding neighborhoods. So that's Oak Park, Tahoe Park, um, uh, a couple other ones uh, that kind of surround that area. Mm-hmm. So there's some type of system that will be set up. And I haven't seen the details on that. I don't even know if it's been worked out yet because the first building probably won't go up for another year to two years. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a ways out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's not too far away when, you right, know, when it comes when to it time comes to, to construction. Yeah. Right. So the, uh, and that's another thing, the construction jobs, we're actually working on getting folks from the neighborhood to be able to be part of the construction as well. Nice. Right. But then once that's done and that goes away, then we're talking about the permanent jobs. We want, we want a piece of that as well. Right. Yeah. That's good. So, Oh, I'm sorry. And let me add one more thing. Sure. So there's going to be like a community center, right, with, uh, you know, computers, after school programs, uh, arts, all kinds of stuff. Um, the details haven't been laid out, but there's actually a building designated for that function. Okay. So that's another piece. And then um, also, let's see, on community, there on the transportation side. So there's going to be a bus that goes from, from that campus, Aggie Square, to downtown to Davis and it's going to be free so anybody can ride it so that's kind of a benefit to the community as well and that kind of connects their Davis campus and their Sacramento campus as well okay yeah so it definitely sounds like and they I shouldn't say they there is always something beneficial that businesses and the city when they come together to put a project together can tout okay that's going to benefit the community right, right. Um, but the seriousness of displacement, hmm. it already exists right now, especially yep. in that in the Oak Park community. In yep. um, the majority of our of, of the minority communities, it's hmm. a big issue. It's a big concern. Hmm. As you said, UC Davis said it's not our problem, and then the city of Sacramento said, well. We don't really have any money to do anything about it. Hmm. What happens next? Who's accountable? Do, do we just allow the chips to fall where they may and then knowing what's headed, what's coming up next, should we just be getting ready in another two years for another cycle of homelessness or displacement? You know, I say uh, I'm not sure on the future, but that's very likely, mm-hmm. right? But I say it as shared accountability. And, you know, if I were to put a, well, I won't put percentages on it, but I will say for the housing, I'm going to say it's mainly the city, right? Um, UC should have a hand in that and be accountable to some degree. What degree? I don't know. Everybody has a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also us as individuals, mm-hmm. right? Because we know it's coming and kind of what we were saying before, get yourself prepared, get your credit right, start looking for homes, start talking to Agent Key, right? <laughs> and, and start to get it going because mm-hmm. um, it, it's a way to... It's 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 also getting in front of the wave because there's definitely going to be impact. You know it's coming, so it is an investment at this point. Mm-hmm. So if you buy right now in two to three years, you know the property value is going to go up. I mean, we already know it's coming. So see, the warning now you're talking mindset, ladies and gentlemen. Now he's talking mindset. Did y'all see how that switched right there? We went from the mindset of the person who is living in uh, what's that mode? Survival mode. Uh, right to a person who's living in, how can I get mine mode, you Mm -hmm. know, come up mode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you know this is coming, which is why we're sharing this right now, 
don't wait for it to knock at your door. If you are a a resident of the Oak Park area where this is going to be coming soon, get in get connected with the city now the program where they have uh, where they're training people to increase your skills your work skills what have you Um, join the organizations for financial literacy Hmm. increase your knowledge increase your self your value of what you can bring to the table and let me add to talk to an agent because here's the mistake i made when i got my first house um when I when I actually sat down and talked to somebody and got the numbers ran and looked at it, they're like, "Oh yeah, you qualify, you know, whatever." And I'm like, "Really? I do? I I didn't know I did." Mm-hmm. And then looking at it, I had been qualified for years and didn't realize <laughs> it, right? Yes. So I could have made that move much Lo- sooner. Do y'all hear this? Yeah, you just you just think it's it's, it's mind- beyond you, right? Because where you were all of those years prior to the shift in your mind to hey, let me go and check this out. Yeah, it's the complacency that we have, and I don't think we realize how complacent we are with how our life is going. And just don't you know? A lot of folks don't know about all the resources that are right. out there, the first time homebuyer programs, that kind of thing. But you'll never know if you don't go and have that conversation. Right. So you need to just pick up the phone, call mm-hmm. an agent to start talking. Right. And so there is this piece where, as Michael is saying, we have a certain amount of self-ownership of what happens to us. We can't always blame the city or the or local government or the government, the federal government or the the man. man. (laughs) (laughs) We can't blame it on the man this time because we see it coming. There's a piece that they're going to be accountable for, but we have to do as much as we can and then, you know, figure out how the rest is going to get worked out. But we don't want to get caught just sitting there, not doing nothing, just waiting for the train to come run us over and and pass us by. Right. So here's another question for you, Michael. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you see coming into the Sacramento community that is actually beneficial for our communities uh for the project or just in general in general not just this aggie project i've heard about some others um i actually just saw on um mervyn brookens page uh green uh simeon's company oh yeah green tech green, green tech, tech yep. is doing Simeon Gant. Yep. yeah yeah that's my boy and um so project like that yeah that's gonna be a great project well, there is uh, $4 billion in construction coming to Sacramento, mm-hmm. planned for Sacramento. So that's opportunity right there, right? Um, there's the rail yards coming. There's, um, you know, a soccer arena coming. Mm-hmm. Um, just just so much opportunity. So, you know. How do people learn about it? So we were just saying earlier, you don't know. Uh, what to do unless you know right. you don't know unless right. you know so how do they learn about this information how how do you know these things michael how are how is it that you're just so knowledgeable about all these things going on and you're muckety muck with the mayor and the chancellors and you know i how find can out we be down i find out <laughs> that's, that's what's up <laughs> i find out about stuff all the time so there's just so much stuff i don't know right and i'm, I'm learning every day about a new organization or a new project or whatever so there's no no really one source. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to you know stay networked with folks that are in the loop as best I can. Mm-hmm. But also there's like the Sacramento Business Journal. You get a ton of stuff there. Absolutely. Um, Sacramento Bee. Um, so those are things that you know the the main the main uh, media that comes in right. Mm-hmm. But then also you know our our black media, um, Sacramento Observer, 
um, Sacramento Cultural Hub, um, uh, the radio station, A, mm -hmm, you know, st mm -hmm. stay in the loop. Yeah. So there's just certain certain avenues that you have to um, tap into to mm -hmm. be able to know about the local stuff. And, you know, with, with regards to being in some of these different uh, organizations I'm involved in, it's really just being active in your community because that's where I started. I just started getting active in Oak Park and then that branched out into other opportunities and I just got to know more about more stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I found out about all these, um, you know, city and county commissions that I could get on. Right. Um, and, you know, they're looking for folks because they need that, that, that public knowledge. It's not, they're not always looking for that expert. Mm -hmm. They want to know what people think, right? So they can be connected to, to what the true needs are out there. Mm -hmm. So really just, you know, kind of piecing it together. And the more you learn, the more you do, the more you get involved. So with that, that's actually a nice segue. I want to um, put in a plug for the Sacramento Sister Circle. Okay. Michael's talking about organizations and getting plugged in and yeah. networking and finding out what's going on in the area. And especially as it pertains to the November elections, mm -hmm. Sacramento Sister Circle and the Black Women Organizing for Political Action, BWAPA, also known as BWAPA, right, right. they have put together a voter guide, and uh, it's for this November election. And they actually have an event that's happening. I want to say that it's the 8th. It's coming up. Is it in Real a couple soon. of days? Let me, I got to get the Can't date the right, date. you all. Might be the 8th. So they have, yes, it is October 8th. And so it's a voter guide launch party. Hmm. And it is October 8th on Facebook Live. So go to either SacramentoSistersCircle.com or BWAPA, B-W-O-P-A. Um, you can also go to them, check them out on Facebook, both organizations, to find out and get connected to the voter guide launch party. Hmm. In this voter guide, I've already seen parts of it. They get into detail about what's on the ballot. Hmm. So if you are, you know that you want to vote, which you should, you're afraid of getting into the voting booth and not knowing what to vote on, and you want to vote your own conscience. You don't want to be told what to vote on, hmm. but then you also want to know, well, what items are going to be benefiting the African-American community? Right. Then right. you want to be in on this voter guide launch party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On October 8th at 5.30, Facebook Live. Yep. October 8th, 5.30 on Facebook Live. Go to SacramentoSisterCircle.com for more information. And, you know, just to uh, follow up with that, shout out to those ladies because um, I know a lot of them that, that sit on in that group and um, just all amazing. Mm -hmm. and, and Powerhouses. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the products that they put out, um, you know, the voter guide really helps me out. It, it saves, saves me time now. I think everybody needs to read on their own, mm -hmm. but uh, they do a, a excellent synopsis, and and it's not uh, really leading you in any particular way. It's kind of just stating, hey, here's what it is, just so that you know and you're right. informed. Um, so that's what I that's what I really like about it. So it's very right. helpful. When I looked at the voter guide, I think there were only three areas that I disagreed with, but the majority, I was like, yeah, I rock with y'all on right. all these. Yeah. yeah, and and that's the thing is that here here you've got this organization, these two organizations that have come together. Thank you, Christy Ketchum, for sending me this information so I can get it out on the radio today. And she also is another powerful, powerful uh, leader for the Sacramento Sister Circle and in, and in the community in yeah. general. Yeah. And so you've got people like her that are coming together, going and doing the footwork, mm -hmm. putting all this information together to make it easy for yeah. us to just peel it open yeah. and check the box. And you got brilliant minds like Dr. Flo, uh, Addie Ellis, and all of them. That, I mean, they're just like 
super smart uh, women with just to bring so much to the table. So right. uh, it's, it's very insightful, very thoughtful. Uh, and they took a lot of time to really um, you know, piece these things together and really feel like, as you read it, it really feels like they're looking out for folks that are going to look out for the black community. It's right. not just information, but it's, hey, we've actually analyzed this and we're trying to see what's going to be the best fit. Right. So it's not even always always the black candidate. Sometimes it's, it's the non-black candidate. Yeah. That they feel that they're going to put more uh, behind looking out for our community than right. than they you know kind of point in that direction. And and not to take away from the topic of today's show, but it, it actually falls in line with it. We have to have demands. Hmm. We have to have demands. If we're if we're saying we don't want stuff to happen to us, then that means we need to know what it is that we want to have happen to us. Yep. And the only way that we know that what we want to have happen to us is by having a standard by having some expectations, by by not sitting on our behinds and, and wanting to be more progressive. Hmm. And I really appreciate the culture now because I do feel like we are building a momentum of being more progressive. Hmm. And so as it pertains to Aggie Square, just kind of bringing the the rooster home to rest right, is we, that the right politics will we'll be on a whole different <laughs> i know phase, that's so a different good. show right. different show maybe next wednesday <laughs> actually i'm going to take a break and when we come back from the break we're going to close out with a few more um questions from me i'm going to okay. see if we've got any in the chat okay. and we might take some calls okay you know we okay. might i told folks on the phone if they call with hard questions i'm gonna hang up on them so y'all they know. get ready for the hang Keep up it it's too difficult <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to 97.5 fm I'm selling Sacramento, KDEE, and we'll be right back. A lot going on right now, and of course, that tragic news coming to us from multiple law enforcement sources within LAPD, familiar with this investigation, confirming that rapper Nipsey Hussle was shot and killed outside his clothing store here. I was talking with a lot of people out here who are This is Today's Black Woman. 
with Jennifer Kim. Monique Greenwood is author of the book, Having What Matters. Well, I hope that we're defining success on our own terms and not uh, trying to live up to the success that perhaps society says we should have, or maybe the success our girlfriend loves to flaunt, or perhaps even the success that our mamas prayed for us to have and maybe even paid for us to have with a college degree. It's really critical that we understand that success is subjective, or at least it should be. Uh, what rocks my world may feel like a rock in your shoe. So each of us has to define success on our own terms. We're on the web, todaysblackwomanradio.com. This is Today's Black Woman, and I'm Jennifer Kent. Selling sack, selling, selling sack. Selling sack, selling, selling sack. Selling sack, selling, selling sack. Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we are selling Sacramento. And yes, I hear the phones, but I'm not going to answer them right now. We need to get through a couple of these questions and maybe we'll take a call. So if that caller is calling and you can hear me, hold off on your call right now and call back in a few minutes. Okay, so that was a real call. <laughs> or maybe they just hung up. Okay, either way. So, we are here with Michael Blair. We're talking about the Aggie Square Project. And Michael has a unique perspective because he sits on a couple of the committees on the Aggie Square Project board. He's talked to us a little about the project. And I shouldn't say a little. At great length about the project. And we've, we've talked about what it's going to uh, bring to the community. And I would like to know from the unique perspective in which you stand Mm -hmm. what do you think would be what do you think that community leaders city officials um, and businesses could do that would really have a a greater impact on the black community Mm. financially Mm. you know uh, there's a saying that uh rich people get policy poor people get programs Mm. and if we have policy in place then there's no more fight i just virtually high-fived him in my mind you guys (laughs) exactly yes because we got programs galore and and hey thank you for the band-aids because we need the band-aids sometime because we're Mm -hmm. bleeding but we need to end all that uh, uh, band-aid talk and get to the policy so that's I just spend in place. a lot of time in there so I know exactly what you're talking about mm. but tell the listeners what is the difference between policy and program give us an example of mm. the program that you're talking about programs so and program you know uh, it's it's something that's in place temporarily like hey we need to do something so let's do it all right, so cool. You put a you put a program together, so folks can take advantage of that. But it's usually limited. Uh, it's not endless, and then also it runs out of funding after a while. Right when the, when the hype goes down, then it tries to get refunded. There's no hype, and it can't happen. So the program's just gone. Mm-hmm. So you know, policy is no. This is in place. This is what the city will do. It is locked into um, um, the whole policy system. So. It, it, you don't have to ask the second time mm-hmm. because it's already there. Mm-hmm. And if we do it that way, we're able to stop the fight because we always march, we fight, we ha- uh, you know make the phone calls, 
and and we have to we have to work hard mm-hmm. right for a lot of things that we're still not getting right because you never know after you put in the fight you don't know what's going to happen at the end mm-hmm. and then you get worn down and when it's time for the next fight you're not ready to stand up right so if we can get the policy in place and for instance if let's say when it comes to uh, dollars that the city and the county give out we say okay x percent should go to the black community that's policy now they'll focus on a certain neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they just need to take it a step further and say okay let's focus on this particular ethnicity Mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of a lot of things that are already in place that we can continue to build from so it's not like we have to start from scratch Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of good uh uh programs out there that could lead into policy so the framework's already there Mm -hmm. we just have to get folks to listen get to the table and make it happen Mm -hmm. thank you i agree with that 100 percent it's i think of the just you know cheese programs back in the Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. (laughs) the cheese the government cheese that was a program y'all right uh when you see uh nonprofit organizations receiving federal dollars for quote unquote programs that they are bringing to black and brown communities, those are programs, when you hear program funding, program funding, those are nice, but we're choking off that because our, and our communities are not changing. Hmm. Right, right. They they, the, they are Band-Aids and, and- We're not seeing the fruit. We require more than a Band-Aid. There, the black community is a whole full broken leg hmm. and you can't put a Band-Aid on a broken leg. Hmm. We need a policy, uh, Driven agenda. What's the yeah. thing you cast? Oh, cast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we need a cast on that mug. It needs to be reset mm. and it needs to have an, a proper policy cast right. on it. Right. I'm just using my little analogies to kind of no, make like the that. point. Like, make, make it visual. I <laughs> yes. like that. That's good. So, so it's through these types of organizations like BWAPA, Sacramento Sister Circle, ADOS, uh, African uh, descendants, descendants of slaves, of slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another organization that was on the ballot. Uh, the they were they were looking at three different ones. Was it NAACP? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Um, not sure. But the point is, is that those types of organizations are pushing for policy. Yeah, they're pushing yeah. for policy, and we need to get on board with policy versus programs absolutely i said we weren't going to go out controversial but i guess i lied did i <laughs> lie i'm sorry good. y'all so another part of that so that's that's the part we want to put in their hands okay but i like how you say we have a role too yeah absolutely it's, it's our responsibility because um you know from day one that that we got here in this country um you know we haven't been given our due and we've had to make do with what we have. So we need to stop asking and just start doing it ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So what that means is running for office so that we are the policymakers, mm-hmm. right? We don't have Grooming to Grooming individuals to run for office. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and, um, you know, getting on the police force, and I know that's controversial right mm-hmm. now, but the more of us that are on there, the the more the organization will change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just being involved in actually being uh, our, our inside game you know, being part of the system right, and making it work. Right. And financial literacy, I know, is a big, big piece for you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Black Wealth Matters. Yes. Black Wealth Matters is just really a concept that uh, a few of us came up with to say, hey, let's pull our money together, pull our ideas together, because, you know, we could advance on our own and make and make power moves. Right. But if we do it together, 
you know, there's there are certain properties that I can't invest in because I don't have enough money. But if we all put our money together, then we can all get a piece of that. Right. Right. So I'll still get a percentage. But at the same time, we're in the game instead of sitting on the outside watching it. Right. And it really when Indivisible started there um, long, long ago, had an economic development piece. I was on that committee and we were talking about building a million dollar fund and being able to you know, do some more things with it and, and make some investments and and, and get into investments like a lot of the um, uh, IPOs, the pre-IPOs, being able to have enough money to be a, uh, what is it, a, uh, there's a specific name, a certified investor, it's a something investor. But anyway, once you have a million dollars or more, then you qualify for that and you can buy certain things that folks like like us who don't have a million can't buy, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it just kind of opens up that opportunity. So okay. right now we're working with a, a couple different groups to try to uh, build those inroads okay. and we're actually uh, making investments uh, some house flips and whatnot mm-hmm. um, doing some hard money loans mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff so and so you guys have a very active Facebook page and yeah. I see the projects that you're invested in the people that are working on those projects for you every now and then they throw in progress reports yeah yeah and you right. see pictures right. of things and, That's really and construction cool. projects and then uh just updates on how things are going so this is just this is not an organization that's just talking about building wealth but yeah. you guys are actually doing it yeah and we focus on education that's the main piece like even if we don't make a dollar we need to get educated so that we're building ourselves and building our communities because mm-hmm. again you know um I think it was the uh, 2016 Pew Pew Research was done. Uh, 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 That Pew Research group did a report that said uh, blacks, our household wealth was about 17,000, whereas the whites in that same year was Mm 171,000. So whites have 10 times the household wealth that we have. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the government isn't going to fix it. Right. They aren't going to just write us big checks to catch us up. Right. So we have to do it ourselves. Right. And how, if we don't come together and pool our money together, pull our thoughts, our talents together, it's not going to happen. How do people get involved with BWM? Black uh, so uh, BWM Investments on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Jump on there and just learn and learn whatever you can. And then we meet every other week, every other Monday. So you can uh, see our flyer out there that gives the dates. And uh, it's free. Just come on in. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted I pulled up one of the flyers because I was looking actually for some of the topics. I think I pulled pulled up okay. one really flashy, snazzy <laughs> flyer. <laughs> yeah, got some cool uh, graphics. So on it, it says that they do. You guys are teaching stocks, cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. real estate, insurance and entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. So and you have to... virtual meetings Mondays at 6 p.m. Yeah. Every billionaire. Uh, will have stock, will uh, be invested or own part of a company and uh, some real estate. So we say, you know, why why try to recreate the will? Let's right. just go down those lanes right. and then add in other pieces as we want to. So that's what, you know, talking about earlier saying we've got to have some, um, where is it that we're trying to go? What, what's the expectation? Right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. The, the saying is that success leaves footprints. Hmm. And so we already know that, okay, well, this is how, this is the behavior. I, I like to talk to my, my children about this. When you're trying to be a successful person, you have to take on the habits that successful people have. Right. So if you find yourself in the bed still and it's eight o'clock and nine o'clock, hmm. you had sure better hope you're a late night hardworking person hmm. because staying in the bed that late is probably not going to help you. Right. My body automatically gets up at 4 a.m. But it didn't come 
uh, you know, it didn't just happen. It was intentional. Because I used to be a 7.30, 8 o'clock person. Hmm. Trained that way by what? School, right? Right. You get up by 6, be on the bus by 7, you know, at school by 8, that kind of thing. But as you become an adult and you start figuring out what your strengths and your gifts and your talents are, it's your responsibility, not whatever is happening to you in your life, hmm. not whatever circumstance you're in. Right. It's your responsibility to take charge and control of your own circumstances right. and start demanding better of you. Yep. Start placing demands and being more disciplined in not only your time, but your, your gifts right. and your finances. Yeah, because no one's going to fix it for you. Um, ultimately, where you end up is, is a result of how much work you put in. Exactly. So if you sit back, then you know when it comes time to retirement and all that, and you're sitting there with nothing... Who are you going to blame? Who are you going to point the finger at? The man. <laughs> the man again. It's the the man. man strikes again. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. that doggone man. It's not his fault, you all. Right. It's not his fault. There's way too much information out there now for us to be uh, destitute and broken. You know, people are upset about uh, Trump's tax laws. I didn't like him either. But if you just learn what they are and then use them to their advantage, mm -hmm. well, now you take advantage as well. Mm -hmm. So we have to just look at what's in front of us mm -hmm. and, and start to uh, not sit back and wait. Instead, say, OK, here's what I have. How can I make more of this? Right. Well, and you can get mad and point the finger at Trump and his tax laws if you don't even you're not even paying taxes you're getting a check right you know? right right and i'm not knocking anybody but just to say that we are we don't all we don't realize how we are all in different mindsets yeah my life experience is not your life experience is not somebody else's life experience and so you know sure. you can't expect me to think like you but we can share experiences right let's share experiences and see how we can all benefit and help one another versus get mad because you don't think like me and now i'm unfriending you mm, right, right? Oh, a lot of that right <laughs> that a lot of part. that yeah just creating haters for no reason is there right? anything else you want to add or plug today before we let you go Mr. you know Blair? i will say so for aggie square uh, there is a website and it is aggiesquare.ucdavis.edu uh, go there to get more information because everybody needs to get informed. There were a ton of listening sessions that we did. I think we got them to do like 11 of them in total. And so they got a lot of information, but it's one of those things where a project like this, no one is going to knock on every single door in the community and, and have a full conversation about what it's about. So we have to go out there and get the information. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to come to us. Mm -hmm. uh, they could have done a better job in outreach, but it is what it is. So mm -hmm. if you want to know what it is and you don't want to uh, miss out and you want to be in the loop, mm -hmm. you got to go out there and get the information. Good. And it's coming. It's yeah. not, it's it's like it's, it's coming. Yeah, I like how you likened it to a big ship to steer. Mm -hmm. It's on its way. It is. And it, it is. won't be stopped. Yep. And so. last thing, get your money right. Uh, it's, it's out there. We have uh, all kinds of workshops. Uh, Neighborhood Innovation Project, we do workshops as well. Uh, all month long so um how do they reach you at neighborhood innovation? Oh, neighborhood innovation neighborhoodinnovation.com uh, yep just go out there and then uh click on wealth and then you'll see all the workshops that we have coming up awesome yeah. michael thank you again so much for you. taking your time out of your very busy day thank you. i do have to say that when I reached out to you, you always responded quickly so fast that, that I didn't even know that you had responded. So <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. So I see how you do so much because you take care of stuff 
right away. Uh, so everybody that I, I delay my responses on, I apologize. Um, <laughs> Key just has a special place. And, you know, you got it's levels Whoops. to this, right? It's levels to this. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Not everybody gets that. Good, okay. Though. Let's just, we'll delete that. We won't add that. <laughs> I won't put that in the podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key. And if you are doing what you were created to do, I will see you at the top. If you or someone you know really wants to go to college, do not miss.